0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Football Friday uh, podcast on what is as good a divisional playoff weekend as I can remember. Really, four. Very compelling, very entertaining game. Should be a wonderful weekend of football, and it's the last real full one. You know, you have the title games and then the Super Bowl, but for all intents and purposes, this is it. I mean, this is your last big football weekend, and it's a good one. Bet Rivers has a new football squares game where you can win up to $10,000 when you make your football bets. So check it out on the Bet Rivers and Play Sugar House apps. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. play Sugar house in Connecticut. We're coming to you on the play on the bet rivers network and wherever you find your podcasts uh our football friday podcasts uh all season and now into the playoffs last week in the wild card super wild card weekend as everyone has to call it um we went 6-0 and straight up, 4-2 against the spread. Lost the Bills, which I would again. Ravens, I went back and forth, back and forth. I almost took them. I didn't. I thought it would be a close game, and the Bengals would open it up late. I didn't trust Huntley, uh, and the Ravens played better than that. They kept them under control the whole game, and uh, the Bengals were lucky to win. Uh, but they did. But it was 4-2 overall, 6-0 and straight up. But had a good regular season, and I've been very good with the Giants, as they keep pointing out, 10-2 and two this year. The Giants have been great on the road. I've been on them a lot. They've been a great road dog. They've been a great underdog. They've had as many underdog wins this year as anybody's had in memory. Plus, remember this. The Giants have historically been a terrific road dog in the playoffs. That's been their nature. That's been their modern nature, as, as everyone knows and keeps pointing out. Hey. You can pick a bunch of games because the Giants have a ton of big wins outright as an underdog in the postseason, on the road, in Super Bowls against the Bills, and in San Francisco, in Dallas, in Green Bay, you can go down the line. So they've had plenty, and they've been a very good playoff team when they've made the playoffs, which hasn't been very often. Now, four games, as we said, in only one game – is the quarterback matchup an issue on both sides? You have stars with Allen and Burroughs. You have a budding superstar in Lawrence who had an incredibly weird game last week, having a nightmare in the first half and a, and a you know magic carpet ride in the second half uh, going against Mahomes. You have Hurts and Jones, who have become very much upper echelon. Hurts uh, has become a star. Jones is right knocking on the door. You have one matchup, and that's Dak Prescott, who's been up and down all year, comes off a great game against Tampa. And you have Purdy, who is a unknown quantity, who is surrounded by all this talent, throwing to wide-open receivers, in an offense with incredible, versatile, interchangeable offensive stars. And he's doing a great job. He had a bad first half last week. Could have had two or three picks. He didn't. Played a bad first half and then played a brilliant second half. So that's the game where, and that's the final game of the four, but that's the game where the quarterback play will be an issue. We start with Jacksonville. The ones are up on Saturday First in Kansas City, then in Philadelphia. They're the one seeds this year. One seeds have struggled against the point spread in recent years, as everybody knows. Okay, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Jacksonville has a coach who's very equipped for this kind of game, who has been a great underdog himself, who has been historically good underdog in the playoffs. Lawrence shows you he's not going to blink. He might throw picks. He might throw four touchdown passes. He's got great ability. He's on his way to stardom. He could take the express way. He could take the express elevator to stardom, if he comes up big in this game. This game would establish him as a big star already in year two. In year two, he's got a division title, he's got a playoff win, and he's got one of the great comeback wins in the history of the NFL. So that's a lot for a kid who, let's be honest has been on this fast track his whole life. He lost two games in high school in his life and won two state championships. He won a national title and never lost in college. And he's now in his second year after a nightmare first year. He's had a big second year. And he had a nightmare first half and an incredible comeback. To come back from the game he had in the first half and the second half is almost unbelievable. He will now meet the Chiefs, who are, Making history themselves, the Chiefs have been favored in 14 straight postseason games, the most in the history of the league. 14 straight times, and they have not been a good favorite. They win. They don't cover a lot. And they don't cover when they're over a touchdown favorite they are in this game. That's why the pick is Jacksonville, because Kansas City just doesn't win these games by a lot of points. They win them, and I think they'll win again here. I think they'll win the game. I'd be shocked if Jacksonville won. I will... Not be surprised in the least if Jacksonville covers. I expect it to be a competitive game. And Kansas City has no problem playing from behind. They have no problem if they get off to a bad start. And they do have a habit of playing close games. And they're very comfortable in them. Um, And they win a lot. Here's an amazing thing this year. They lost Tyreek Hill. And everyone said, watch out. The offense is going to take a back seat. Well, the offense didn't take a backseat, but it clearly changed. 28 of 41 Mahomes TDs have gone to the tight end and the running backs. Four, 28 of 41. This is a guy who throws to the tight ends, he throws to the slot, and he throws to the running backs. He doesn't throw a lot to the wide receivers anymore. They don't, you know, they brought Tony in. They thought he was going to be big. He's spotty, but he's got ability. You know, he's got ability. You could turn around and get three touchdowns tomorrow, and you wouldn't be surprised. But they have not thrown to the wide receivers a lot this year. They're going to throw to the tight end, and Jacksonville has had nightmares against the tight end, and they're facing the best tight end in the world tomorrow and the best pass-catching tight end I've ever seen. I mean, that's what Kelsey is, and it's a very, very good offense, very well-conceived, run by a guy who... Let's be honest. Mahomes has had some weird playoff games. But if he gets protection, he's golden. And if he gets protection in this game, Kansas City – I mean, Jacksonville's in big trouble. Let's be honest. But I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game, and I'm taking Jacksonville plus nine, but I think Kansas City's going to win. I think Kansas City's going to win by, you know, five, six points, you know, something like that, maybe seven points. But I don't think it'll be more than that. Uh, but I do think they'll win – and move on, as we all expect. I think Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and Jacksonville has had an incredible year, an incredible year. I've been in Lawrence guy for a very long time, um, and I expected big things out of him. He has come even quicker than we expected uh, without any, any, uh, any issue. I think he is on his way to him. I think uh, that goes without any saying. Um, Giants and Philly in game number two. These two teams now meet for the third time in seven weeks, which is really a, very unusual. They didn't play the week 14. Philly killed them in week 14. Philly just came in and obliterated the Giants. It's one of the few games where the Giants were just destroyed. They destroyed him with the running game. They destroyed him in the passing game. They destroyed him with the Hurts running. He was 7 for 77. Uh, Sanders had 144. They had big plays, 41-40, 33-24. They made big plays. They were on fire at that time. They led 48-14. The final score was 48-22. They destroyed the Giants in that game. They brought Hurts back in the last week of the season. The Giants made that game a lot closer with backup than anybody would have thought. Hey, the Eagles have not, they down-throttled here. The question is, can they rev it back up to where they were? Where they were was at an unbeatable level, but can they get back there? Number two, can the Giants continue their very, very hot ascent? The Giants are playing better each week. And they're going to have to play better here to win this game. Listen, let's be honest. The Giants defensively are not a good match for the Eagles. The Eagles match up well against the Giants. And the Giants defense this year has done it with a great stroke in the red zone with the blitzing of Wink-Martindale. But let's be honest, they have given up a ton of yardage this year, both in the running game and in touchdown passes and in big plays. The Giants have given up a lot on defense. And last week they won the game with their offense. They didn't win it with their defense, but their defense did a good job on Jefferson and was sneaky good. But they won it with their offense. They're going to have to win this game. If they win this game, they're going to win it two ways in my mind. Number one, the Eagles are not going to be as healthy as predicted in key spots. If they're not healthy, and I don't think they are, that's going to hurt them going to hurt it hurts his running ability what if hurts takes a hit on the shoulder is hurts going to run with abandon like he did in week 14 or is he going to be very careful to keep himself in the game here that's going to be a big key number two can the giants get enough of a pass rush without blitzing so that they can change things up and give different looks if they can that's a big positive for them because it allows them to do different things in the secondary And different things are going to be a big positive for them. But the key to this game, in my mind, if the Giants are going to stay in this game, and I think they are, because I think they come in red hot. I think they come in confident. I think they come in being superbly coached. And I think they come in with a hot hand against a team that is trying to restart the season. And that's always dangerous to do. And it's hard to do. And especially against a division opponent who you've seen now three times in seven weeks. That leads us, Those all lead to a close game. But to me, if the Giants are going to get this done at advance or shock the world, they are going to have to get the same kind of game out of Jones they got last week. He's going to have to carry the ball. When, in the game in week 14, when they got blown out, he carried the ball four times. Barkley carried it nine times. They were behind big in the first half and they had abandoned the running game. They can't abandon the running game because they have to keep the Eagles off the field. And to do that, they need to run the ball. They need to do two things really well. They need to utilize Barkley on the run and the pass. And they need to occupy time, space, and possession of the football with Jones running the football. Last week, he ran the ball 17 times. I think he's going to have to run it close to that, if not more than that again. I think he's going to have to run the ball at least 15 times in this game to be successful. He's going to have to make first downs. He's going to have to handle that. They're going to have to handle the Eagle pass rush. Remember, the Eagles have four guys who have over 10 sacks. And the Eagles have... Terrific personnel, if they're healthy, throughout the lineup. They have better players than the Giants. Hands down, they have better players than the Giants. But it's when you play somebody, and it's where a team is when you play them. The Giants right now are operating on all cylinders. They are confident. They are cohesive. They believe in themselves. The Eagles are trying to jumpstart their season. That is dangerous to do. They didn't take their foot off the pedal in the last week of the season, but they didn't give an all-out effort either because they didn't let Hurts play his game. And that's why he wound up with all those field goals instead of touchdowns because he wasn't allowed to run the ball at all in the game. This week, that won't be the case. But is he healthy? Is Lane Johnson healthy? Is Hurts healthy? Those are critical, critical things for the Giants. The Giants have to be better on defense and cut out the big play. The Giants have to get their offensive tackles to block the pass the for pass here. We know they've done a good job against the run recently, but they have gotta block superior pass rushes now in this game. So the young tackles are gonna be put in a position where they have to come up big. And then the Giants cannot make a mistake on special teams. They cannot. The Giants have gotten elevated play from a lot of places in recent weeks. They've gotten better play along the defensive line from multiple players. They've gotten much better play at wide receiver with Hodgins stepping up, with James stepping up. They have gotten better play on the offensive line, especially in the running game. They are a confident team right now. They are loose. They are confident. They are coming into this game pitch perfect. I can't say the same about the Eagles. That's why I look for a close game. I think the Eagles are better, and they're home. I think they'll break the Giants' heart in this game, but I think it'll be a field goal game late. So I do think the Eagles will win, but I think it'll be – 30-27, 27-24, that kind of game. I think there's going to be points. I think there's going to be a game like last week in Minnesota where the ball's going up and down the field. I think there'll be plenty of yardage in the game. I think both teams will be above 350 yards of offense. I think there'll be plenty of plays in the game. I think there'll be plenty of offense in the game. Eagles, if they're healthy, they are going to be very tough in this spot. But I don't think they're healthy, and I think they're trying to restart it against a red-hot team that really believes, and I think those teams are very dangerous in the postseason. That's why I'm taking the Giants plus 7.5. You move to Sunday. Cincy and Buffalo could be a conference championship game. It is a conference championship game. They're both, I thought all year, there were three teams in the AFC and two teams in the NFC that could win the Super Bowl. Philly and San Francisco, Cincy, Buffalo, Kansas City, they're all still playing. I didn't put Dallas in that list. Dallas has got ta- has got talent, but I don't think they have everything, the ingredients, coaching, quarterback, etc. to get them to a Super Bowl. They, could they beat San Francisco? They could, but let's get to the Cincy game first. I think this game is a flip of a coin, even in Buffalo. I think Burroughs is every bit as good as Allen. I think Burroughs is very every bit as good as any quarterback in the league. The key is their offensive line. Is their offensive line healthy? Buffalo is going to come at you with a myriad of looks, and they're going to blitz from a bunch of different places. We know that. Can they put... Burrows under the gun, but remember, we've seen him win games where he gets knocked down a lot. They have a lot of weapons. They're going to keep coming. They are a confident team, and they don't think they take a backseat to anybody. They've been annoyed this week that they're heavy. They've used it as a as a rallying cry this week that they shouldn't be underdog. Well, listen, yes, they went to the Super Bowl last year, but they're on the road in Buffalo. And, yes, they're a little more than a normal on the dog from that. It's not three points. It's five and a half. But they've made a big deal out of that. It's a rallying cry. They don't need a rallying cry. They're good. We all know they're good. We all know they're capable of winning this game. I'm taking Cincy plus five and a half. Plus, I think Cincy's going to win the game. Something has been missing with Buffalo all year. And to me, it's accountability on the offense. They have allowed Allen this year to get into bad habits where he has repeatedly, even in wins, turned the ball over and turned it over in an ugly fashion. Look at last week's game. That game was over in the second quarter. That game was on its way to 42-3, and instead it was 17-17 at the half because Buffalo broke down in the last seven minutes of the first half. They had the Knox touchdown negated, so they went from a 21-point Advantage to a 17. He then threw a pick at 17 nothing that was re- returned into, since into Buffalo territory and resulted in points. He then, then they got a punt return that resulted in points, and then they got another pick that resulted in points. The next thing you know, it was 17-17. He fumbles the ball for a touchdown to open the second half, and now they're down 24-20 to Cincinnati. It was 2017 at the half after they came down and got the field goal when they made it 17-17. They made it 20-17 going into the half. Coming out of the half, they make a mistake. Now it's 24-20 Dolphins, and the Dolphins stayed in the game the rest of the way. They cannot be sloppy like they've been, but I don't think they can turn it on and off. They've been sloppy all year. They've given up big plays in the secondary. They've given up major mistakes on offense. And Allen has turned the ball over in the red zone repeatedly. He cannot turn the ball over in the red zone and win this game. Since he's a a five-and-a-half-point underdog, I I like Cincy plus the five-and-a-half. And then Dallas and San Francisco. Dallas has the talent to play with San Francisco. Plus, you're asking a unproven quarterback to win on this level, the divisional playoff or later level. And it does not happen often that a quarterback with no experience wins games this late in the playoffs. It does not happen often, but this is a little different case from the standpoint of he is surrounded with as good a supporting cast as anybody could ever be. He's got an all world tackle. He's got, Talent everywhere at tight end with Kittles, at running back with McCaffrey, at running back with the backups, at wide receiver with Samuel and, and Ayuk. They have talent everywhere. He's throwing the ball into open spaces, into open looks. They have cleaner looks for their wide receivers running in open space. They get more separation by over a yard of any team in the league on every pass play. He also, since Week 14, Purdy has thrown more TD passes using motion and shift than any quarterback in the league. Shanahan is a master at clearing out space with his movement. Plus, they have talent that is incredibly interchangeable and versatile. McCaffrey can catch. Samuel can run. They do a ton of different things. They can bury you with the tight end. They can bury you with the wide receiver. They can bury you with their pass rush. They are great on both lines. They're a superior team. Dallas has got a major pass rush and a great player in Parsons. But they're vulnerable in the secondary and is Dak capable under pressure to play that kind of game. There's two things... The key weapons that have to be taken away if you're the Niners are Lamb, Pollard, and Schultz, the tight end. Those are the key. You don't worry about don't worry about anybody else. And the key to the key to the offense for the Cowboys is Pollard. He has become the integral piece to that offense. The offense will not work unless he has a good game. That gives them the matchups they want. That gives them the explosiveness they want. That allows them to do the things they want to do. San Francisco and Dallas, personnel-wise, are not that far apart. Dak's got a lot more experience at quarterback. Both teams have superior defensive personnel. San Francisco's got superior offensive personnel, but Dallas has got plenty of talent. Dallas' offensive line's a little shaky right now. You got to worry about that. Peter's limping off. They've had some. Key, they had to make some changes there. If they make changes there, they don't like the changes. So that's a big key for them. I think this will be a close game, but one that San Francisco. Opens up late with a McCaffrey touchdown. I think it's a three-point game that becomes 10 in the final minutes, and I think the nine is covered. It's the only favorite I'm taking on the weekend is San Francisco minus four. So Jacksonville plus nine, but I think Kansas City will win. Giants plus seven and a half, but I think Philly will win by a field goal. Cincy plus five and a half, I think will win outright, and I think San Francisco wins. Minus four. Emails when we return. Wants to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Mike Francesa. This is the Football Friday podcast. Send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. Let's get to as many as we can on this divisional playoff weekend. And both Saturday night and Sunday night, we'll give you wrap-ups after the games are played. All right. Pat from Trenton, do you think there is a place in the NFL next year for Carson Wentz? Not a big fan. Not a big fan. Wouldn't start for my team. Matt New Rochelle, who do you think has a better chance of getting a head coaching job, Kafka or Wink? Um, I would say Wink, but I'm hoping both of them come back in their roles for next year, and I think there's a good chance they both will. Monken Hilton Head, Of the year that Daniel Jones has had, has he passed Dak Prescott? Who would you rather have lead your team? Wonderful question. Really good question. Who would you rather have this weekend, divisional playoff weekend, both playing on the road against a formidable opponent? Who am I more comfortable having, Daniel Jones or Dak Prescott? Well, if you've listened to me through the years, you know I've been very critical of Dak Prescott through the years. Always have been. Um, I haven't been a Daniel Jones lover. I haven't been a Daniel Jones hater. Uh, right now, I would take Daniel Jones. Elliot, the 49er fan. Could you reflect about the Giants and Niners rivalry dating back to the 80s? Can you speak about your time in those games and what they meant to you? Well, it's a funny thing. When you look back on the Giant rivalries and you look back at Giant history of playoff football, going back to the 80s and forward, you realize that the Cowboys play very little role in that. Dallas and the Giants usually have not been good at the same time. When the Landry Cowboys were dominant, the Giants were bad. When the Parcells Giants were good, the Cowboys were bad. So and then when Jimmy had his team, the Giants weren't of the same ilk. So they have not been good at the same time. That's not the case with these other teams. They've had a rivalry, obviously, with different teams, uh, and especially one with the Niners. Now there were two teams that were often on a collision course, and they couldn't be more. Dis- they could not be more different. And that's the Parcells Giants and the Walsh Niners. Parcells was not a huge—he understood what Walsh meant to the league, but he was not a huge believer in the way Walsh—in the Walsh philosophy. Their philosophies were very different. Okay, Parcells had more in line with a Gibbs than he did with a Walsh, but he dominated Gibbs. And he did very well against Walsh. The Giants had success against the Niners, and that's impressive considering how good the Niners were. But then you come down to the game that really was the game that was so important, and that was the three-peat game. Okay. We were at that, that year, which is 90 for the Giants. The Giants win it, of course, in 86. Now, in the 86 playoffs, remember the Giants in 86 beat Washington on their way to beating Denver. They beat Washington in the Super Bowl. Now remember, a year before, they lost to the Bears. Okay, the Bears lost to the Niners, came back and won the Super Bowl. The Giants lost to the Bears, came back and won the Super Bowl. The Redskins lost to the Giants, came back and won the Super Bowl. So one year played into the next now, you get to ninety, the Giants are having a great run. They go to San Francisco on a Monday night. Dog and I went to that game because I had a guy calling me up all year that year. And he had this idea, and I kept putting him off, like ah, yeah, I'll get back to you, I'll get back to you. Well finally I got picked up the phone and I talked to him. The guy's name was Barry Lieberman, who's now gone, and he started a thing called Big Blue Travel. And that was the year he decided to run his first trip. And he wanted Dog and myself to go on the trip. So we went out with the Big Blue group and we also did our shows from the first game they ran a trip for was in San Francisco for that Monday night game which the Giants lost. Well, then we were right back there during the Gulf War with no week off. So... The Giants, without Sims now, he's hurt. With Hostetler, at quarterback, go out to play, the nine, to play the Niners. The Niners are looking for their 3 The Niners were supremely confident. They were eight-point favorites. The Giants, as you know, upset them. They get the fumble. They get the, the field goal. They win the game. And that night we fly across the country into Tampa for the Super Bowl, no week off. Gulf War, the whole thing. Dog and I were in San Francisco. Dog and I were sitting feet from Wellington and George when the Giants won the game. You should have seen them. They were in the San Francisco press box, as were we, and we were watching the game uh, sitting next to them. Um, We took the flight all night through Cleveland into Tampa, And then we did a show that Monday in Tampa that was a Zooey show. Uh, I remember that very well. But there wasn't a week off. But that, that upset that game. The thing I remember most was the Giants that Monday stood smiling as the Niners, who were so overconfident that they were going to beat the Giants, wanted to get a head start on winning their next Super Bowl. So they had moved all their personnel and all their equipment into the NFC offices in Tampa, what was deemed the NFC offices, before the weekend. So on Monday morning, the Giants people stood smiling as they watched the Niners have to load up all their computers and all their office supplies and all their personnel and clean out the NFC offices. And allow the Giants to get in because they had already occupied them over the weekend. That's how confident they were. Well, they lost that game. And then the Giants, as 7-point underdogs, beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. So it was an incredible run of games for the Giants that year. They were a wonderful team. They lost their quarterback. They devised a new offense. They went to a lot of... Three tight ends, and they ran the ball with Haastetler, and you know they played a different game, and they played—they didn't turn the ball over ever, and they were a wonderful team, and they upset the Niners as eight-point underdogs on the road, and then they upset the mighty Bills, who had beat the Raiders fifty-one to three in the AFC title game, and upset them in the Super Bowl, as we know, wide right forever. That's the saga of the Giants. Now the Giants. And the Niners have had some other wild games, as we know. I'm not going to go through every one of them, but they have had some wild games, so they have that history. Giants have that history in the postseason with a lot of teams. They don't have a lot of it with the Cowboys. They have the Emmitt Smith game, but there's not a lot of it with the Cowboys. There's a lot of it with the Niners. There's There's a good amount of it with the Redskins. There's a little bit with the Bears, plus and minus, and there's some with the Eagles. And remember, you know, it's funny, during those years, Buddy Ryan's Eagles team always gave the Giants a lot of trouble. Now, they didn't win playoff games, but in the regular season, they always gave the Giants a lot of trouble, really did. A lot of trouble. That defense gave them a lot of trouble. But the Niners and the Giants pretty much played to a standstill through the years. They had a different way of doing things. The Niners, of course, won more Super Bowls. They got there more consistently. But the Giants, when they were there, they stood toe-to-toe very well with the Niners. But they do have an interesting history. And that's one game that the Giants are extremely fond of, that 3 P game. The Bucks fired Leftwich as offensive coordinator and a bunch of other systems. Uh, could the problem in Tampa be Todd Bowles is not a great head coach as we saw in New York? Listen, I think Todd is a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. He's a good man. I like Todd Bowles. He's not a great head coach. He's a wonderful offensive, defensive coordinator. Uh, he got to stay, and his and a lot of his assistants walked the plank. We'll see where that takes them. We'll also see who's their quarterback next year. Roger from Virginia. Do you think Mahomes would have been this good, this great, anywhere, or is he a perfect fit with Kansas City? I think Mahomes would have been a top talent anywhere, but I think he was a perfect fit in the – machinations inside the imagination of the Andy Reid offense. I think the way he can do things, deliver the ball and off angles, come up with improv plays the way he does. I think it plays very well into the mind and into the imagination of Andy Reid as an offensive coach. So I think they were very much good for each other. So I think it has accentuated his success, but let's be honest. What Andy and Mahomes need for all their success is another Super Bowl. And maybe this year they get it. Remember, they have been a fixture here now for a bunch of years at the top of the sport. Favored in the postseason for 14 straight postseason games, an all-time record this week. They have become a dominant force in this league year after year after year. Andy Reese had a brilliant career. One more Super Bowl puts him as and, and he will be long remembered as one of the great coaches in NFL history because he's got a zillion wins and he did it with two franchises so one more Super Bowl will really ice it for him in a very very big way uh, we will be with you Saturday night after the games we will be with you Sunday after the game so look for our post game analysis of the divisional playoffs. We'll be up after the giant game Saturday night. We'll be up after the Niners and the Cowboys conclude their game on Sunday night. We will then be down to the Final Four and down to Championship Sunday. So, very exciting time. And like I said, the five teams I thought at the start of the season or early in the season would be here, they're all here. And we'll see The biggest intruder, well, there's two. Jacksonville was not expected to be anywhere near here, and the Giants were not expected to be anywhere near here. Dallas was expected to have a pretty good season and could definitely be here. But the two that were not expected to be here at all are Jacksonville, which is clearly playing with house money in Kansas City, and the Giants, who are clearly playing with house money in Philadelphia. I know a lot of people are on the giant bandwagon right now because of the way they're winning and the and their history of being very good in the postseason as an underdog. But they were picked to win seven games this year. And they got to the postseason, and now they've won a postseason game. And now if they should get to an NFC title game, it will have been just an incredible – it's already been an incredible season. That will just be another layer to it with a win.